Question, boys. Do you know whether the AFL or its clubs ask players to sign a disclaimer to avoid future litigation regarding head knocks, etc.? It's a contact sport and it's inevitable injuries are going to happen, but the AFL can only do so much to protect players. It's, I don't know. Mm, no, I don't know the answer to that either, actually. Find that one out. There's another one for Hamish. He's also found out that Darren Mead won the best and fairest in his first in Port Adelaide's first season. He oh. was 26 years old at the uh, time. Though. That's that the same thing, is it? He did mention that Sheezel was the first time in the AFL era. Was it not AFL when Port Adelaide came in? It was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's got the... He's got, <laughs> oh, he got him on the head, him. too. And for those who just tuned in, we've got the um, Nerf gun here that uh, Tim's brought in from his young son, Charlie, that we can... Hit hammer if required throughout the show, and he just copied his first bullet to the face. All right, we're going to straighten up because on the line now is the CEO of Basketball Tasmania, Ben Smith, who joins us on this Monday morning. G'day, Ben. Morning, Brent. Morning, Nice Tim. to have you on the show. G'day, Smithy. How are you? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. What's happening in basketball, mate? Plenty would be the answer, I assume, because uh, the Jack Jumpers season very close to firing off, and um, you're winding down, I guess, with the local club season. But there must be plenty for you to bring us up to speed on this morning. Yeah, there's, uh, it's been a busy weekend. Just gone. We've just had the finals of the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers Junior League, um, presented by My State Bank, which was over the weekend. We had finals in uh, Alveston, Penguin and down in Kingborough over the weekend. Heaps and heaps of teams running around um, uh, playing for their premierships and um, winners and uh, runners-up all over the state which was uh, which was excellent and um, a huge weekend of basketball so that's the culmination of the, the winter season but then the, the next phase in the basketball calendar is we go into our state championships uh, and our various schools tournaments uh over the next few months. So, yeah, nothing really slows down too much. It's just a, a slight change of, uh, of focus. Uh, the other thing that's coming up, probably worth noting, is uh, during the October school holidays, obviously uh, thousands of kids around Tasmania looking for something to do. We've got our uh, Maccas on your team holiday camps. Again, they're all over Launceston, Devonport, Burnie, Alveston, Sorrell, Kingborough and Warraine, various dates and times uh, all over the state. So if you've got a, a young person in your house that's looking for a uh, for some basketball fun in the holidays that would be a great place to start yeah absolutely smith our basketball participation we believe over the state is exploding you must be thrilled to see tasmanian players now coming onto the jack jumpers books and, and into their squad and is there you know yeah. possibility of more coming on in in the next few years yeah, well, uh, coincidentally, at the same time, uh, last night, Nash Walker, a uh, young Tasmanian guy uh, hailing from Smithton, was playing for Australia last night in the under-16 Australian team. Uh, they played um, uh, India last night in their first-round match of the Asia Cup, and they had a pretty comfortable victory, which was not unexpected, but Nash is uh, one of the many up-and-coming Tasmanian talents that are starting to make their way on the national stage, and... Um, you know, him and people like um, Jacob Furphy and we had uh, uh, Lucia Hearn play for Australia earlier this year. So we've had a, a fairly consistent representations of Tasmanians in Australian teams uh, working their way through the underage uh, national ranks and hopefully uh, somewhere down the track they either end up um, heading off to college and, and into the NBA potentially or, uh, or also through to the NBL. So, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of good kids coming through. 
Just on that, Ben, great to see some more Jack Jumpers players as part of the Jack Jumpers squad. Oh, sorry, Tasmanian players part of the Jack Jumpers squad this season. Lockie Barker and, and Jacob Richards, both part of uh, the team. Obviously, Kai Savage and Trey Armstrong were offered uh, DP contracts. So it's becoming a thing now, isn't it? We're starting to see some of these local players being part of the NBL side, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And and we want to make sure that every kid coming through the pathways, you know, when they start out as a five-year-old or or taking up the sport at 12, 13, 14, 15, if, if they aspire to, to play the game to their highest potential, we want to make sure that they can explore that to their full. So we've got um, very um, well-advanced and developed uh, development programs, our state development program and future development program. We've got about 500 kids in those programs going through their paces every year, and kids like Nash Walker are the sort of uh, the, uh, the nuggets of gold that come out and, uh, and progress on to higher levels. Smithy, what, what is that pathway now? I suppose for years we haven't had an NBL team. So if I'm a young Tasmanian basketballer, is yeah. there a really clear pathway through from a state underage team through to the Jack Jumpers? Is there is that yeah. a direct link yeah, now between is. the two? Yeah, there is. And it's probably worth highlighting the role of the NBL1 teams, uh, Launceston Tornadoes, Northwest Thunder and the Hobart Chargers. That they play a really key role in uh, in that progression because... As you understand in your sports development, as an 18, 19-year-old, you may be not quite the finished product. And and um, there is an opportunity through those uh, NBL1 teams for players to get that extra experience at senior level. Uh, to me, I, I look at them as being a, a similar structure to sort of Premier League cricket in a lot of ways, that they, they provide that bridging competition between the professional game and the amateur game. And, um, yeah, those clubs play a really important role in that pathway. And then, obviously, when players are doing well, like a Jacob Richards, who's obviously been with the uh, the Chargers for the last couple of years, that that's a, a great opportunity for the uh, for the Jack Jumpers to have a really close look at him and his progress and and get him onto the next stage. Ben, I wanted to ask you about uh, when we when people heard you were coming on. We've had a few texts in. One was about uh, referees. And uh, their role they're playing in, in basketball at the moment. Um, one person texts in saying it's at diabolical levels. There's unqualified green shirt referees overseeing TSBL championship games in Hobart. Um, some said it's in some instances it's just a lot of parents helping out. Um, and you can go and sort of be uh, better paid and have better conditions um, officiating at social or junior domestic competitions. Is there a big pay discrepancy with other states for the same level of officiating? And do we need to get better in that area? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily uh, point at the pay discrepancies. I think we've got a, a very complicated matrix of how uh, referees get paid depending on the, their level of accreditation and, and the competition they're refereeing in. But um, what I will say is we need more of them, uh, absolutely, and we need to make sure we're looking after them. And um, every referee we've got that gets out on the court and does their job, I'm sure, gives it their all and, uh, and does their best to provide a great experience for the players. Uh, it's not helped when uh, we, you know, some uh, useful advice gets uh, offered from the stands. But um, we've been taking steps to address that, and um, and you know, we we really want to make sure that we're developing the next crop of, of junior referees as well as junior players. Uh, and we've got some great kids coming through, and a, a few of those will be off to the uh, under fourteen uh, national club championships uh, next week. So um, yeah, there, there's. It's a it's a pain point for the sport. We need more of them. We need about seven hundred more referees to to be blunt, um, and we need to keep the uh, we've got about three hundred and fifty currently on our books. So we we can't lose the ones that we've got, but we need to certainly need to find and develop more. 
Yeah, so I don't think basketball's alone there, Smithy, that's for sure. But uh, the other one that's sort of raised a little bit on our text is the facilities. Um, obviously, again, with basketball exploding, have we got enough courts around the state? And the ones that we do have around the state, are they in good enough condition? Uh, yeah, the short answer is no, we don't have enough. Uh, our calculations, we need about 26 more courts like today. Um, there's currently about... 12 in the pipeline between Launceston, Devonport and Hobart um, which sort of gets us some way towards where we need to go but all of those projects are um, either one to three years away um, and then some of our existing courts uh, Myrna and Clarence have recently had some funding um, uh, committed to upgrading them, doing things like fixing roofs we've got leaky roofs and uh, floors that need re- redoing and backboards that need replacing and uh, there's a, there's lots of work to be done, so yeah, we we certainly need more courts. We need them yesterday, and um, we need to upgrade the ones that we've got. And it, it comes down to purely to funding. Obviously, there's a lot of money going into the the top end of the sport. We just need to see that drip th- through to community basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know we're we're working really closely with uh, the state government and the education department as well. They're they're looking to make sure that if there is a school facility that is suitable to be used uh, that we can upgrade that school facility and get it you know sort of competition ready so that we can use it for uh, for junior basketball um, I'm just in exchange with the Launceston Basketball Association at the moment they've, they've identified seven courts around Launceston that they think with a little bit of upgrading we can get them competition ready so you know those sorts of projects are absolutely critical to uh, to getting us to be able to service demand, you know, we want to make sure that if a if a kid turns up tomorrow and wants to play basketball, that they can have a good experience and there's somewhere to play. So we've got a lot of work to do, and um, yeah, we'll be partnering really closely with the government and the education department to service that demand. Ben Smith, the Basketball Tasmania CEO, is our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast. A couple here off the text for you before we let you go. Ben, morning boys. Can we ask Smithy about Lockie Brewer, please? Does he have a DP contract? That's from Glossy and Lonnie. Well, he doesn't have one with the Jack Jumpers at this stage. Glossy, another one here uh, for you, Ben. How do we change the culture of coaches in basketball on the behaviour towards umpires in junior sport? Yeah, it's a it's a good one. That I re, I'm I'm uh, working really closely with Nick Martin, the head of our um, development. He's our basketball development manager, and he he fronts and heads up all our coach development programs. And I think it's a really important um, conversation to be having around what they see at the elite level, at NBL and and uh, NBA level, with coaches sort of uh, they have some fairly feisty uh, engages with the the referees at that level. Uh, you know that's entirely inappropriate at, at an under-12 game, and so we've got to make sure that uh, at each level of the sport that the interactions between coaches and um, and referees are appropriate. And we know at the professional level that uh, that's sort of one thing, but um, in junior sport, you know, when we've when we've got a crisis in refereeing, we we absolutely need to make sure that our coaches are respectful. Uh, and supportive of our referees because it, every decision they make, in my mind, they are 100% right because if they if they weren't out there making that decision, then we wouldn't have a game of basketball. So uh, we've got to make sure that that filters all the way through the grades. Yeah, absolutely. Smith, we've got one more text in here around the courts asking, are, you touched on all courts being used. Are all courts being used, such as private schools, etc.? So I suppose uh, we're asking, are, are the private school courts being used in community basketball, or are they just kept for the schools themselves? Uh, there's a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a combination there. Some schools are more open and accessible than others, um, 
Uh, so, for example, in St. Pat's in Launceston, we use regularly for, for our tournaments and for our uh, state development program. And then there's other courts that um, you either can't get into or um, the cost to access some of those courts is prohibitive. So, so yeah, we're, we're trying to look at all the different angles of, of where we can get in and access a court. And I know there's some court developments in a couple of the private schools that are also in the pipeline. I should have added them to the list. Um, there's... Uh, a number of courts actually and major developments in some of the private schools I know Hutchins are looking at a um, a two court facility that looks really um, really uh, impressive uh, and then when those facilities are built yeah we will be working closely with those schools to uh, to develop some partnerships and make sure that the community can come and use them when the school doesn't need them um, which obviously they're not going to use them 24-7 Great stuff, Ben. Great to have you on the show this morning. Just a reminder about the Maccas on your team basketball camps coming up in the school holidays for junior players in the north, northwest and south. Just quickly, Ben, how do they get involved if you want to be involved with the Maccas on your team basketball camps? Yeah, head to our website, uh, basketballtaz.com.au and uh, click on the Where Can I Play Maccas on Your Team um, link and um, you can register down the bottom of that page and uh, and get yourselves involved and uh Hopefully have some fun and get uh, get out and about during the school holidays. Great to have you on the show, Ben. No worries. Thanks, guys. Ben Smith, Basketball Tasmania CEO, joining us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Another text in here on our open line. Great show so far. Thank you for making my Monday morning already. Thank you for to Andy for your text this morning. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the open line, 0437 552 You might have a question for Darren Sturgis, who's the Hobart International Tournament Director. He's coming up with us after 8.30. But after this, we're back with questions without notice. You're on SEN Tassie Breakfast for Monday morning.